0: Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus.
1: Hey, Horn Frogs, this is Andrew Youngblood, Chi Alpha director here at TCU, and I'm here with Drea Bach, uh, TCU alum, class of 2017, and former Chi Alpha Life Group leader. Drea, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Uh, so Drake, can you give us a quick snapshot of what life has been like for you since graduation?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say ups and downs. It's been kind of crazy in some ways. Um, some things have been way better than anticipated. Hmm. I'll tell you, uh, as life kind of changes and then you work hard and get a paycheck for it. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then also in some ways, um, graduating, um, and being in the workplace has been harder than expected too. Hmm. Um, So I think it's just been a lot of growing and learning. Um, Been a nurse for coming up on five years, so that's kind of crazy. Um, But overall I'd say it's been really good.
1: Yeah, a nursing during a pandemic, Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't yeah. learn about that at TCU, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: exactly. It's been a little different than anticipated.
1: <laughs> Just to kind of set up our conversation, it's our missions month here at Chi at TCU, and so we're engaging with missionaries from all over the world. We will have some incredible missionaries in our worship service and missionaries in all of our life groups, which is super fun. Um, and so we hope for you guys that are listening, it's made you more passionate about God's heart for all nations and all people. And we recognize in Kyle for the difference between a missionary to another country and someone in a career where they reach their peers for Jesus in a secular marketplace in America. So we believe in and celebrate both of those things. Um, as our friend Ryota Yogo told us last year in our missions week, "Where your feet are, that is your mission field." <laughs> so just because you or I may not be currently called to an unreached people group internationally, uh, we are certainly called to make disciples wherever we are. And Jesus said, "Go into all the world," and all means. All. <laughs> so when students graduate and are sent out of TCU Chi Alpha, like we as a staff consider all of them missionaries, like no matter what area of the culture they're called to. So in our minds, we've sent missionaries into education and healthcare and business and the social sector through the years. And, and God has used those alumni to make disciples and share the hope of Jesus in places that pastors like me can't go. Um, to people that don't know Jesus and may never step foot into a church or a campus ministry or whatever. And so um, one of those alum that have taken this call to make disciples and see their workplace as a mission field very seriously um, is Drea and and God has done some amazing things through her obedience to his call. And so Drea, that's why we're super honored to be able to have you as our guest today. Thanks. Uh, so <laughs> Drea, I'm sure during the course of your time here in Chi we told you to be a missionary in your workplace, (laughs) but we encourage people to do lots of stuff that they don't do when they graduate. (laughs) So (laughs) why did you take this call to make disciples in your workplace seriously when you started your career? Like, why was it important to you personally?
0: Yeah, Um, I think something I felt from the time I became a Christian my freshman year in college was it's either all true or none of it is. And a middle option in Christianity, this lukewarm option, kind of makes no sense. It makes a whole yeah. lot less sense than either all being true or none of it being true. and so yeah. when you think about it, we're really used to the gospel story in America, right? Like it's commercialized at Christmas, it's commercialized at Easter. We're used to it. we've heard it um but the fact of the matter is the gospel's a crazy story, so <laughs> either I'm crazy and I believe it
1: yeah. or
0: I'm not, and I don't believe it. And therefore I disregard the teachings, but it actually makes a lot less sense to believe that it's true and then not take the things that Jesus said seriously. Like that makes that's of the, of the options that one makes the least (laughs) sense. So, I mean, when you think about it, right, this concept that God impregnated a virgin (laughs) and then was born and lived, performed all kinds of crazy miracles, and then died, rose, and then ascended into heaven, like that's a crazy story. So either it's true, and I believe it wholeheartedly, and therefore I follow Jesus's teachings and do what he said, or it's not true, and therefore I disregard his teachings. But to believe it, and then just disregard his teaching anyway, like that option makes the least amount of sense of the option. So Jesus is pretty clear about him being the way, the truth, and the life. And he tells us to go make disciples. So which is it going to be? And that's kind of how I felt was it's either true and I'm going to do it or it's not true and I'm not going to do it. But I'm not going to pick a middle ground and just not do what Jesus says if I believe he's God.
1: Yeah, it's a crazy story.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That If it's
1: true, we should maybe even act in crazy ways sometimes in in the eyes of the world. So I love that that that's such a conviction of yours. Um so moving into maybe some tangible practical things that you've done like how how have you made disciples at work? Like what have you learned along the way as you've been following this call to share the gospel of Jesus and make disciples in the nursing field?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I've learned a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely may have made some mistakes, um haven't done it perfectly. Um, and I'm still learning. Um, so I would guess I would start there. But I think something I felt in my first nursing job was I felt this pressure to manipulate conversation to make it about Jesus. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I think something I heard a lot was you need to have an elevator pitch of the gospel ready um, and you need to find ways to share your testimony And while I think those things are valuable, I think I felt this pressure to manipulate conversation to make it about Jesus when maybe those opportunities weren't actually the best times to. And in that kind of sort of manipulation, I think something I've realized is a people get pretty closed off to that. They don't really want that. They see through it. They know what you're doing and they don't want you shoving your faith down their throat. Um, and that's how they feel. And then I think another thing I've learned is that's actually not loving people. Well, like Jesus doesn't manipulate. So why do I think to talk about him? I need to.
1: Hmm. And
0: so, um, I think people are really attracted to authenticity. And so something I've learned is just to be more honest about who I am, um, be confident in who I am and just be authentic and let it happen organically. Because fact of the matter is being a Jesus follower is pretty weird. And so it's <laughs> gonna come up. Um, yeah. and so as you get to know people, it can actually happen like really, really organically and naturally. Um, it doesn't have to be super weird. Yeah. Something I said to my friends one time um after having some really good conversations with some people I know was evangelism doesn't have to suck. And that's something I thought it used to just have to suck. And it doesn't yeah. have to actually, it can actually be really organic and natural, and it can be really exciting and fun to be a part of too. So, um, I think something I've learned is there's at least I've kind of found some steps, um, that I think are pretty practical. Um, and so I guess like step one, when you're in a new workplace, is just to show up and build relationships with people. And as you're doing that, be honest about who you are. So. Um, it's going to come up. Like I said, um, we live very differently. And so um, for me, one way that I know I've expressed um, to Andrew and Alicia before, where it's just kind of come up with coworkers has been um, when I've just been talking about my dating life, like my Mm. coworkers (laughs) tend to always ask about that. I work with all women. And so, you know, we, we gab and we chat about it and that's a way that I'm living a lot differently than my coworkers. And so when we talk about dating, it comes up that I'm a Christian and that Mm -hmm. in both the sense of how I approach dating, how I approach breakups, um, my stance on purity, those things are always I'm living differently. So it comes up really naturally that I'm a Christian and that I'm living differently in that Mm way. And then I'd say kind of step two, as you're kind of building off of step one is loving people well, and just embracing that you're living differently. Mm -hmm. Um, something I think we hear a lot is preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words, <laughs> I actually like wildly disagree with that statement. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because if I don't use words and people don't know, I'm a Christian and don't know what I believe, then I just look like a really good person. And yeah, I don't really want people just to think I'm a good person. Like that's defeating the purpose, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm not a good person, right? <laughs> it's, it's through Jesus. And so, Um, but I think there's some validity to that statement when there's already the context of people knowing that you're a Christian. So after that step one, people know you're a Christian. People see that in you. Step two, living differently, loving people well in the workplace and building that trust. And then I think step three is honestly like kind of the easiest part because, what I've seen is really like Holy spirits initiates, um, moving forward because questions start to come up. And so, um, what I've seen is people just really seek me out and, um, have questions about the faith. And then at that point, step three is just take advantage of the opportunity when it arises. So, um, Jesus himself said he could only do what he sees the father doing. Mm-hmm. And so that's all you have to do. So, Kind of see where the father's already working and partner with him. And it's actually a super low pressure way to do ministry because it's back to that first concept of like, do I need to manipulate conversation? No, you don't. You just need to see kind of what opportunities the father gives you and snatch them up and you'll make mistakes, but that's okay. Um, As long as you're building that trust um, and building that relationship, those relationships up. It doesn't have to be perfect, um, and you don't have to say it all the very first time. You know, it's just taking advantage of those opportunities and partnering with the spirit as it happens. Mm.
1: That's such an incredible uh, wisdom, Drea. Because yeah, it is. It is awkward that whole like, hey, you're wearing a red shirt. You know what that reminds me of? The blood of Jesus. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) that kind of evangelism. (laughs) It doesn't
0: work. It doesn't work.
1: (laughs) But. Paul says in Romans, how can they believe if they haven't heard? So we have to proclaim, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Um, but our life, it's the proof <laughs> that the gospel is true and that we wouldn't ever want to rob the gospel of its power by being this great person that doesn't express the fact that it's only because of Jesus that we have any uh, redeemable qualities. <laughs> yeah. So um I'm I'm curious, Drea, can you tell me some more about like, if you, ha- I know you've had people that have been interested in Christ or have kind of come around to the idea of Jesus at work. Can you go into some maybe practical ways that you've actually kind of taught them how to walk with Jesus or taught them how to read the Bible? Like, what are some things that you've done practically in that sense to kind of help people grow in their faith or introduce them to faith in Christ beyond just the, just sharing the gospel or them having questions?
0: I think the biggest thing is just, um... Pursuing people. Mm. Um, I think I've seen more fruit in this area um, with two coworkers in my like five years as a nurse. Mm. Um, and really, it's always just started out with um, just like hanging out outside of work, giving those spaces for those conversations to happen without coworkers around, mm. um, where they can kind of open up a little bit more without maybe fear of judgment from peers. Mm-hmm. And so um, I would say. Yeah, step four would be um <laughs> just meeting up outside of work and building relationship. Um that's deeper than just coworkers and um building relationship, um, like a true friendship, um, as opposed to a purely coworker relationship is probably step four. Um, and even that can be right, low, low pressure. Like I think yeah. I just used to put so much pressure on myself. Um But really, it's just about loving people. So um, sometimes you'll meet up and hang out and talk about Jesus. And sometimes you won't. And that's Mm -hmm. okay. Um, Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be the super fruitful conversation every single time. Um, Because you also don't want them to feel like they're only hanging out with me because they want to talk about Jesus. You want them to feel like you love them exactly where they're at. Um, And if they're not ready to, you know, decide they want to be a Christian, they should know that you love them still. And so if they feel this pressure from you, they're probably not going to want to build a friendship. So I think just building an organic friendship, um, is probably step four. Um, and then if they have interest in, you know, reading the word together, that's typically something I've offered. Um, and that's probably the area where, um, maybe some of the fruit I've seen has kind of dropped off because it kind of also depends on if they want to take that initiative mm-hmm. um, and kind of right once again, taking that pressure off yourself, it's a decision for them to make too. So um, all I can do is um kind of point them in the right direction, tell them, share the truth with them and show them the next steps. Um, but there's got to be initiative on their end too. And so um in times where maybe we've seen um people wanting to take less initiative themselves in their walk in faith. Um, that's okay. Then at least I know that I've shared and that they know that I'm a good resource for them and, um, moving forward, hard things are going to come up. Those questions yeah. they have, haven't gone away. Right. Um, and so moving forward in relationship with them, I'm still in a relationship with them where, um, I'm still a resource for them. If, um, if they choose that, they do want to take next steps in faith.
1: hmm What's coming through here maybe more than anything to me is just that you, we have to really love them, yeah. <laughs> care about them, be willing to enter into their life, invite them into our lives, understand that it's, it's the long game. You know, it's yeah, totally. Uh, if someone has never followed Jesus, never heard, really heard about Jesus, or, or or the real Jesus, you know, the Jesus of Scripture, not just cultural Christianity, maybe, and you know that kind of thing. It it takes time. It takes time. Yeah. Obviously, God can change a heart, and the Holy Spirit can move in an instant, and He does do that. Um, but we have a responsibility to continue to walk with them, share the, share our life with them. It's funny that you mentioned, you know, not talking about Jesus just constantly or that being the only thing that comes up, because I think about Jesus, how much time he spent just walking around with his disciples, you know, from town to town, between yeah. ministry opportunities, how much of that conversation was just talking about God? Probably a lot of it, but probably a lot of it was just making jokes, and, mm-hmm. you know, having fun and just being in relationship with these guys and ladies, too, that followed him. And so I think it's that's so valuable. It's what Jesus did also. Um, I think maybe the prevailing sort of wisdom or the thing that we might hear a lot of times when it comes to ministering to people in the marketplace would may- maybe be that first thing that you mentioned of, like, share the gospel. Then if they respond or don't respond, you did your part, walk away, you know? Or there's another kind of element that is that is invite them to church, let the church share the gospel with them and get them saved. And then, you know, you plug them into kind of the church system, which is good. It's not a bad thing. But um, at least in my experience, and probably especially where you are in Denver, there's not just a lot of people just really excited about joining a church. <laughs> if they're curious about Christianity, what has that experience been like for you?
0: That's a really good question. I think in a city like Denver, um, church feels pretty irrelevant to most people. Mm -hmm. Um, I think most people have, um, preconceived sort of ideas over what, um, they're going to hear in church and how they're going to be treated in church. And Mm so for me, I think, I think what they see in me is this kind of different flair to Christianity than they've seen before, right? I think at least in Denver, where honestly, people are really not interested in Jesus, what they think about with churchgoers is the picket signs Mm -hmm. and the hate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think something that I've just really tried to express and be a person who is trusted um, and who they know isn't going to weigh the picket sign in their face um, and say that God hates you, you're going to hell. And while I don't think they'd hear that in church, um, I think there's enough fear that they will, that they don't really have an interest in going. So Mm -hmm. I think my idea has been to, let me just like share Jesus with them in relationship. And then when they have more interested in who Jesus is, then maybe church will feel more accessible, mm. um, at least for the context and the culture that I'm in in mm-hmm. Denver.
1: Yeah, that's good. And, and we're talking about missions in the marketplace. It's It doesn't sound all that unlike than moving into a different culture, <laughs> learning yeah. the language, learning the the culture, sharing kind of in relationship with people, contextualizing the gospel for a people group. Uh, that isn't open to Jesus and, and showing them the value and the beauty of Jesus through the way that we live and, and even sharing about him um, so that there is an interest to go further with him, which I, lo- I love that. So yeah. this next question kind of maybe ties into that a little bit. Um, Because one of the things we hear in our culture is the idea that we're welcome to be a Christian as long as we keep our personal religious beliefs to ourselves. (laughs) And some workplaces might even have written or unwritten rules about how much a Christian is allowed to share. Um, Unfortunately, like we mentioned before, (laughs) Jesus commanded us to tell others about him, uh, whether or not that makes us comfortable, right? And so even in the face of those restrictions and potential negative social consequences, that's his command. Have you felt the pressure not to talk about faith. Uh, and the, and then if so, like, why have you done it even though it's potentially risky? Have you, have you faced the kind of resistance and rejection that students may feel like they might face when they get into the marketplace, or maybe they feel even now in their dorms and their classes?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's very real. I'm not gonna pretend like I haven't felt that, um, mm-hmm. that I don't still sometimes feel that. Um, but I think what I've found is people are generally more open to it than you might think, Mm -hmm. depending on how you present it. And um, so I think that kind of brings us back to some of the things we've already talked about. Um, People don't want to feel like you're shoving your religion down their throat. However, I don't think that's what effective ministry looks like. So (laughs) if that's what you want to do, you're probably going to face a whole lot More resistance than if you um, kind of know your audience and are gentle, right? And we're told to be gentle in scripture Mm -hmm. about Mm -hmm. how we present our faith. And so, um, right, we're told to do it with gentleness and respect. So um, I think generally people are pretty open to hearing um, what you have to say about your faith as long as you're doing it with gentleness and respect. Um, The other thing I'd say about this, which is kind of interesting because I don't love that our culture has this sort of I'll do my truth. You do your truth sort of mentality, right? Cause it's kind of preposterous, right? There's only <laughs> one truth. Um, however, that kind of actually works out in your favor as a Christian when it comes to talking about your faith, because everyone's constantly talking about their truths. Mm-hmm. So why shouldn't I be allowed to talk about mine? Um, and so that's actually something I've seen a lot in the workplace is I listen and am respectful when other people talk about their truths mm-hmm. then what i found is people generally um listen and are respectful to me in return mm. so that's actually something that's worked out pretty well and even when you think about it if they try to tell you not to talk about your faith or they try to tell you that's not allowed they can't really tell you that in a way that's fair because mm-hmm. everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And so the whole argument doesn't really stand when generally people like to talk about their truths. So, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of what I've found.
1: There's plenty of evangelism going on about other things, other causes, absolutely, po- political agendas and, and things that people are passionate about their, their families there. I mean, people talk about what they care about. And so I, I totally agree. I, I, even though I worked in I, I worked in city government uh, in law enforcement as a civilian staff before I went into ministry, and so that's a place that you would think would not be very welcome to Christianity. You know, this is government building. <laughs> Separation right. of church and state, right? But people were so willing to talk about faith, you know, with me because I had relationship with them. Like you said, like I I had years in. With people, And yes, it was small West Texas, so probably a little more open to the gospel generally um, and Christianity, but I found that people were okay with being prayed for. I found that people were okay with me talking about what I did on Sunday and yeah. telling them about the things that I cared about because I cared about them and they cared about me because we were in relationship. And so it's probably not quite as risky as we think. And I also noticed something, Drea, too. um, is that if you're a good employee, you can get away with a lot more than you think (laughs) when it comes to that kind of thing. Like I I just think you've seen this probably on the other side, that people that are really good at their jobs, maybe in sales or something like that, can get away with a lot of bad things, (laughs) being Mm -hmm. rude to people or whatever, because they're just good and they're essential to the team, right? Like they're the best producers. Well, like we're serving Jesus and we should be excellent at what we do. And in the same way, we can maybe get away with more of, uh, of being more open with our faith than we might realize because we're valuable to the team, because we're serving Jesus and not just ourselves or um, the business or money, right? Um, would you say that your career... Has suffered at all as a result of being obedient to that call. Because I think that's probably a fear too, of like, well, I might not, I might not get a promotion, or I might not have opportunities, or I might not be able to, to do what I want to do if I'm, you know, too bold for Christ.
0: Yeah. You know, I really haven't seen my career affected by it. Mm. Um I think the only way that maybe I've seen it affect my workplace um negatively would be that I'm probably not embraced quite as fully, um, by some of my coworkers as I would be, including yeah. actually my direct supervisor. I feel that from, mm. and at times I do wonder, would I be more embraced had I not been vocal about my faith? Um, however, I, th- I think something you have to think about with that is what's the alternative. Mm. The alternative is me being silent and people not knowing about my faith and sure. Maybe they like me a little bit more, but they also don't know me at all because if you don't know my faith is important to me, you don't know me even a little bit. Right. And so I guess the alternative would be I'm liked for someone that I'm not. Mm. And why does that matter? Like yeah. who cares if you like yeah. me if you don't have a clue who I am? Um, that gives me no right. Like that gives me no affirmation. That gives me um not being known in a relationship doesn't make me feel depth in a relationship, it doesn't make me feel close to a person. So that does that's not even an appealing alternative yeah um and so yeah there's a cost there but honestly the to not do it isn't really worth it either mm. um and i think the other thing i would say is um on the flip side of that is there's been extremely positive things it's done for some of my relationships with my other coworkers mm. including um a coworker who's become a close close friend because we started talking about these things and she shared things with me. Um, and I don't think it's 100% sold yet, but man, she knows me well and I mm. know her well. And there's so much honesty between the two of us because we're going there, we're going to those deep places um, and there's a mutual respect and love there. That would, we would have totally missed out on the depth of that relationship if, if this was just something we didn't talk about.
1: I love that. That is a, a, a perspective that I haven't ever considered before, that if you're not honest about your faith, if Jesus is your Savior, your Lord, you're not talking about him for fear of what it might do to your career. Your acceptance is rooted in hiding a piece of <laughs> yourself. Yeah. That's so unhealthy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think we all we all want to be known, right? I feel that deeply. Yeah. I want to be known. And so who cares if I have friends but they don't know me at all. Like that's a universal thing that I think we all feel is this. I want to be known and I want to be accepted. So I'd rather be known and accepted by a handful of people and be known and not accepted by some others than Mm -hmm. to just be unknown and therefore accepted. Like that's not appealing to me.
1: Man, such a good thought. So, in Acts 1 8, Jesus promises that his disciples will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and they'll be his witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Um, the Holy Spirit, so in part, has been given to us as, as believers to help us walk in boldness um, in the power of God, to be his witnesses, to share our faith, um, to see his power move through our lives and move in the places that we go. So, how have you seen the Holy Spirit move through your obedience to that call to missions in your workplace? Like, how has he shown his power to be real? And how has he glorified Jesus through through that obedience?
0: I think the biggest way I've seen this is honestly just through people who I would have never thought
1: mm. to
0: have any interest in Jesus, to have any questions about him, intentionally mm. seek me out and ask really good questions. Wow. Um, and I think it's really easy to forget that everyone has these questions. We think they look good. They're content. Um, And it can actually kind of shake you up because you're like, how are they so good? How are they so content? Um, But man, it actually really blows your mind when someone just walks up to you who you thought would never have any interest in Jesus telling you that they're curious and that it keeps them up at night because they're wondering. Um, And I've had that happen with a few different coworkers, but one specifically that comes to mind is a older woman. She's been through a really hard year, lot lost numerous family members. Mm. Um, and she's kind of in this circle at work of people who are very vocal about not being for Jesus and not for the church. And even one time we were, um, in a separate part of the unit where it was just the two of us. And she like walks up to me. <laughs> she sits down and she just immediately starts asking me questions
1: hmm. about
0: faith and telling me that she knows God is real um, and that she's encountered him, um, but she doesn't really know what to do with it. And so I think that's probably the biggest way I've seen the Holy Spirit work is just realizing that he is working in these yeah. people, um, even when it doesn't look like it from the outside or even when they're hiding it from the other coworkers. Because, um, they'd be ashamed to say that they're thinking about spirituality or they're thinking about Jesus. Um, but fact of the matter is like, Holy spirit is working in people. So, um, it's just a learn, it's just a learning process to kind of see how to recognize it and be patient and trust that it's there. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that we forget as Christians, because there's, um, a lot of animosity towards, um, Jesus and Christians, um, currently, is that Jesus is attractive. Mm. Um, as Christians, we have peace and we have answers that other people want. Um, and, you know, there's questions you have as a Christian, right? You don't know the answer to everything. Um, there's some things about the word I don't understand. There's things about um, just different parts of our faith, right? That it doesn't yeah. necessarily leave me with no questions. Right. However, when you think about it, there are a lot more questions questions that anyone's gonna have when they aren't a Christian, right? <laughs> when I can look at the world and how broken the world is and have an answer and have hope in that, that's attractive. People want that. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to some kind of like apologetics podcast lately. And and one concept that has really just hit me that's wild is that as Christians, we have an answer for the origin of life. Mm-hmm. No, I don't understand all the facets <laughs> of that, but to have that answer, yeah. like, I think if I wasn't a Christian, that's the biggest, an- that's the biggest question that I just couldn't get past. Cause it doesn't make sense without a creator. And so, yeah, sure. I still have questions as a Christian. I don't know everything as a Christian, however, like there are answers here. And in those answers is peace and hope. And in a world that's just gone crazy. So crazy, right? It's mm-hmm. just bad news after bad news after bad news. The fact that you have answers, hope and peace in a world like that is attractive. So mm-hmm. I think also just like, don't forget that Jesus is attractive because sometimes we can feel like, oh, sorry, this is going to like make you have to give up things. Yeah. And it's actually going to give you some really controversial opinions, <laughs> but like, that's true. But also yeah. it's attractive too.
1: Yeah. I mean, he says, when I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw a in to myself. And it seems like the people that were most drawn to him were the ones that were the least like him (laughs) initially. Um, and so that's, that's beautiful. Yeah. We don't have to be afraid of that. It's powerful. So what's your favorite story of a person whose life has been impacted by Jesus as a result of your passion to, to make disciples at work?
0: Um, this has been kind of an exciting development over the last six months in my workplace. Um, but I have a friend, um, who started asking questions. She's kind of one of those people, right? Like I never, never would have expected to have mm-hmm. any interest, um, mm-hmm. in talking in talking about Jesus. Um, but, um, we became friends at work. Uh, I was kind of like, we talked about the step one, like honest mm-hmm. about who I was in, in that process. Um, she accepted me for that, even though we're different in that way. Um, and she came over one day. It was actually one of the first times I'd had her over. Um, she came over and we're hanging out. Um, it was getting close to time for her to leave. And she just broke down into tears um, and was like, I've been wanting to ask you about your faith. I'm so curious. Um, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> like, And then just starts weeping, wow. sharing this story with me of how she's been seeking. Um, it completely threw me off guard because I had no idea she was even curious. Um, but basically just kind of pursued a deeper relationship with her. That was a really good opportunity that night. Like she wanted to know the gospel, yeah. so shared it with her, Yeah. um, and was curious to know more. So then just started pursuing a deeper relationship with her. Um, we went on some hikes, we just hung out a few times, um, And she'd always be the one to bring up Jesus. Like she wanted to talk about it. Mm. Um, But I think the kind of craziest part of the story was that she um, very point blank, like asked me about like, how do you get to heaven?
1: Mm. Um,
0: And when I told her Jesus is the only way she flat out told me, I don't think I could ever believe that. Like, no Mm. way. Like that's terrible like i don't want to believe that he's the only way um which is obviously on my end like i was like oh my god that could not have gone worse (laughs) Um, but she's still curious right her questions aren't answered at this point outside of jesus so she still has questions and still is open to the option of jesus being the truth so anyways um i was like well why don't we just like start reading john together Hmm. like or why don't you just start reading john you can call me if you have questions, like however you want to do it, but that's where I'd recommend you start. If you're mm-hmm. interested in Christianity is mm-hmm. I recommend you read the book of John. She texts me like later that week and she's like, what's happening? I'm reading the word and I'm crying and I don't know what to do. <laughs> and so I I uh, call her and she's, and she starts telling me, um, how, she started reading John and then kind of ended up in this rabbit hole cuz she has a study bible kind of <laughs> ended up down this rabbit hole she's like reading in revelation about the lake of fire and she's like reading like all this like crazy obscure stuff but has yeah. come to the realization that Jesus is the only way and wow. just said like it's that it's broken i remember her saying it like broke her heart that that would be true but mm. that it was also the only thing that makes any sense um and so yeah, it was kind of completely mind blowing that night, as you can imagine, because literally last week she had told me there's no way I could ever believe that. And then lo and behold, Jesus is the one who showed her that it's true. Yeah. Um, And I think like, right, like a big takeaway from that story is. I didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Like, I think just back to the steps, like I was honest about who I was from the start. She saw that I was living differently and that I was a safe person to ask questions to. And then the Holy spirit was already doing the work and mm-hmm. showed me that. And so then I just partnered with him and then Jesus kind of finished it off. Mm-hmm. And so it's still a work in progress. Right. And like, there's still ways that I need to pursue her and continue to pursue her. Um, following Jesus is a big, big life choice and a big decision. And it, there's a cost, right? Like mm-hmm. we've talked about in this podcast, but um, Yeah, I think that's probably my most like tangible example of like, hey, it's actually quite simple and it's actually quite low pressure. Uh, Just love people and watch Jesus like do the work as long as you're willing to be bold and share, you know, it's quite incredible, actually.
1: You know, something that you you said a couple of times and is really kind of sticking out to me right now is that particularly with this girl, she was super hungry, seeking um, searching, and had you not been honest and upfront about who Jesus is to you and your faith, who would she have turned to? right? Who would have been there to to, to ask the questions? Like like, I can't even fathom how many people are around Christians that are hurting, that are broken, that are searching, that have questions that are too afraid to step into a church, that are too afraid to go to a small group or something like that, because that's too far of a step, but they would really just like some questions answered. Um, And there's so many Christians that I just will not share and haven't been upfront and haven't talked about the most important person in their life, who's Jesus. Um, There's so many people that the, the Holy Spirit has been working in their hearts already. And all we have to do is tell them who we are and who Jesus is to us. And he, yeah, he wants to do the work. It's, it's incredible. And we hear stories on the mission field all the time about um, you know, Muslims that have these dreams about this person, Jesus, who comes in white and he's, you know, bright and, and he, you know, is talking to them. And then they meet a missionary weeks later who tells them about this person, Jesus, and they say, I had a dream about Jesus. So Jesus is preparing the way for people to know about him and to come into relationship with, with him, but he requires and asks and um, gives us the responsibility and the privilege to partner with him in bringing those people into the family. Um, so I love that God has used those simple things in your life, the honesty, the authenticity, and the way that you've lived to, to draw people to himself. That's amazing.
0: It really is. Like you're talking about like and honor that you get to be part of that and like mm-hmm. and like you're saying too of how he's paving the way right and that's why it was so simple right it was like the girl had already bought a bible like the girl <laughs> like <laughs> like yeah. knew that there's truth in here but i just don't know how to access it and so it's really quite simple like sometimes you just need a little like step nudge explanation mm-hmm. um and just to be pointed in the right direction Cause right, I remember before I was a Christian, I remember asking to read my mom's Bible and opening up to Genesis one and <laughs> being like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, and it took, it took some people just explaining the gospel to me years and years later for me to kind of have that answer that I'd been looking for. Like mm. I knew there was truth there. I was seeking it. I wanted it. I wanted, I heard growing up, I heard growing up that you can have relationship with Jesus, but but how? how? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the question that I think a lot of people just need answered.
1: Yeah. And I love too, that, that you mentioned, you know, this person was hungry. She was searching. She had bought a Bible, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but even if people haven't, like we have an opportunity to share the scripture with them. I love what scripture says about itself, that it is alive and powerful deceivers for, um, that the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, like dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. And then, um, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to correct us and and all that stuff to equip us to do every good work. And, um, you know, Jesus and John one says in the beginning was the word and -hmm. the word was God. The word was with God and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And for whatever reason, God fought, saw fit to give us his word in written form so that the Holy Spirit can work through it. We harp on this in, in Chiapha at TCU a lot, just about get into scripture, get into scripture. What are you reading in scripture? When people are hungry, are you, are you showing them what's in scripture? Are you introducing to them one of the gospels? Are you telling them about the person of Jesus that we find in scripture are you pointing them to, to the Jesus of scripture when they ask for your advice rather than just saying, Hey, you know what? You ought to break up with that guy because he's terrible saying, what would Jesus say about this? I don't know. Okay. Well, let's go to the Bible and find out what Jesus would say about this situation. Right? Like, um, it works. It works. Yeah. Um, his word does not return void. In Isaiah 55. It accomplishes everything that it's set out to do, um, in our lives. So that's so good.
0: Yeah. And even to kind of um top that off, right? Like exactly what what was it even that convinced Lauren? It wasn't mm. it wasn't me even having a really eloquent description mm. of the gospel. Well, that's also necessary too, right? In plenty yeah. of circumstances. But actually when I shared the gospel with her, she didn't really want anything <laughs> to do with it. It was reading it for herself and yeah. realizing it was true in the word. And so um yeah, I don't think we give it enough credit. Quite frequently,
1: or at least I know I don't. Yeah, that's so good. There's a difference between Drea saying, Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life, and her reading in John 14 after Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Yeah. And he tells them, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. There's a very, there's a very big difference. That's good. Yeah. So um, what would you tell a student that's in the seat that you were sitting in just a few years ago to encourage them to consider themselves missionaries uh, to their workplace in the future?
0: Yeah, um I would say that I mean honestly, we are in a pretty dark place at this point and mm-hmm. um I think it can be a tempting thought to think that just international missions matters um mm-hmm. and that my workplace doesn't mm-hmm. um right? Surely they've heard the gospel. We're in America. No, mm-hmm. actually people don't hear it. They don't know it. And so um there's a distinction there, right? Mm-hmm. And and like you were saying earlier Honestly, going into the workplace has surprised me how much it has felt like going into a mission field. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was going to feel quite as intense, but, um, yeah, consider yourself a missionary because it's true and it's a learning process. Um, but what you do and how you handle yourself in the workplace does matter.
1: What should students be doing now, you know, to prepare themselves for that time?
0: I think a few things. I think, One, um, practice having authentic conversations with people, um, get comfortable with who you are, um, have confidence in who you are as a Christian. So that way you're confident when people ask you about it. Um, and that doesn't even mean necessarily, um, jumping like, like we were talking about, right. Of having that elevator pitch ready of (laughs) the gospel. Well, like, once again, that can come in handy, like have it ready. However, like practice. When people ask you what you did this weekend and you hung out with Kai Alpha, like practice talking about it, practice talking about why you like Kai Alpha, practice talking about the other things you're involved in that have to do with Jesus mm-hmm. and um practice just like being comfortable being you, because I think people are attracted to that confidence. Um, and so when you can confidently talk about that you're a Christian and that you live differently because of it, um I think I think that definitely sparks questions. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say get comfortable with yourself and having those conversations. Um And then another one that I think I'm recently learning um, that I think is really important is um, to prepare yourself. I'd say ask yourself hard questions about why you believe what you believe now, because you're going to get in the workplace and people are going to ask those of you. Mm -hmm. But you're also going to start asking them yourself. Um, You're going to start asking yourself hard questions because you're going to face opposition at times. Um, You're going to face other questions and you're going to face a lot of temptations in the secular workplace. Um, and so I'd say, ask yourself those questions now, be know your answers now, um, beyond to just experiences or, um, kind of your testimony, yeah. um, ask yourself now why Jesus is true, um, and why his word is true. Um, and I think that'll, that'll help a lot when you start asking that of yourself and when other people start asking you it too.
1: That's good. Um,
0: and then the last thing I'd say too, is just like learn to make community a priority, um, stay in it. Um, and yeah, learn, learn how to prioritize it. So that way you don't find yourself falling out of it. Mm. Um, and I'm sure if you're part of Alpha, that's something you're already doing, but I'd say value it and, um, realize the reasons it's important. And if you're coming up on graduating or coming up on things changing, um, I just say, um, intentionally seek out those things, um, seek out community now, um, mm. before you found out of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we didn't spend a lot of time talking about kind of the sort of the foundation, the environment that your churches and your small group have had and the influence that's had on your ability to uh to be strong <laughs> in that okay. environment. Okay. To to be to have people that you're having conversations with about like, how do I navigate the situation in a godly way? How do I have this conversation? Somebody asked me this question. I have no idea. I don't want to just Google it. Let me go to a friend, you know, that <laughs> yeah. has uh is wise and so I love that you mentioned that because it's 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 true you, you <laughs> even though you're going into this you know into this hospital as a missionary there is a spiritual home base for you um, in your church and in your small group and so yeah students when you leave like ho- hopefully you have that now you're in kayalfa you're in a local church but find that when you get where you're going uh, maybe even look for that first and then decide where you're going to work. But just find totally. a, a spiritual community that's strong and healthy and uh, points you towards Jesus because you're going to need that as you minister in the marketplace. So thank you, Drea, for sharing that because it's it's crucial. Yeah. And I would just really quickly affirm to what you said about asking the hard questions. Something that's been very interesting in our time in ministry here at TCU is that some of those questions um, either aren't being asked or they're being sort of pushed back by students because they're so in the zone of like, I can't really think about that right now. I've got to build my resume. I've got to get good grades. I can't think about some of these more deep, maybe disturbing questions that are going to be really oh. challenging for me. Um, and whereas like maybe at another state school or something, the the pressure's not quite as high. And so they have a little more bandwidth to think, why am I here? <laughs> why yeah. is Jesus true? You know? And so yeah. that's something I've noticed here that, that does, I mean, and especially the the season that you guys that we all have in the world been through in the last year man yeah it's caused a lot of questions about the realities of our faith and god and and that kind of thing and navigating and dealing with those things in a place that is i don't know I don't know if safe's the right word but a place where there is a strong community and there are people that are wise and there are people that have navigated these questions like fight for those answers as well as you can now because um, they're important, and you're going to need to be able to respond to them in the future. So thank you, Drea, for sharing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's it's easy to tell yourself that it's wrong to ask those questions. Yeah. And um, I think I did that for a long time as I told myself, you can't ask that. You can't ask that. Where's your faith? <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't think Jesus calls us to totally blind faith, you mm-hmm. know, and I think he can handle those questions. And so mm-hmm. just say if, if there's questions that you push back because you're like, I can't ask that don't, don't ask yourself that, or don't tell yourself that, mm-hmm. um, Chris, like Jesus is strong and the Christians yeah. around you are strong. Like ask, ask your questions. Um, cause it doesn't go away. So I right. think it's okay to give yourself, um, that grace and permission. And, and also recognize that, that this faith has been around for thousands of years at this point, it's, it's holding up, <laughs> right. Yeah. It, can, it can handle the questions. And so you're not asking any question that, um, you know, some great theologian hasn't. And mm-hmm. so um if they can come out of that um super strong in the faith, um, I think you can too. So I think, yeah, not shaming yourself for asking questions, but doing it when you have those resources in that community around, um, I think should be encouraged.
1: That's good. So Dre, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time, just all the wisdom that you have and and just your willingness to to share with us. Any other thoughts or encouragement that you'd like to share with um with folks listening today?
0: Yeah. I think the biggest thing I'd say is not putting pressure on yourself with it. Um, like I said, I had that conversation with a friend and evangelism doesn't have to suck. Um, <laughs> it can actually be really fun and really exciting. And let me tell uh-huh. you when you start seeing people ask questions when you start having conversations with, about, about Jesus with people and it goes well, it's like one of the most exciting things in the world and it boosts your faith like crazy. So uh-huh. evangelism doesn't have to suck. And take the pressure off yourself, right? Like you're just a person in this world following Jesus. And there's a lot of people around you who are also people in this world, but they're not following Mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so just like relate to him as that, right? Like I'm just a person, you're just a person. We're all just people here and we're all just trying to figure it out and kind of just taking that pressure off yourself. Right. And then you're going to be less tempted to feel like you have to manipulate conversation. You're going to be less tempted to kind of, force the hand when maybe sometimes even like the Holy spirit wants you to use discernment and maybe don't say something this time, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think just using that discernment, listening to the spirit and taking pressure off of yourself, um, are probably my biggest pieces of advice with it. And then I'd say get other mission minded people around you. Um, because you can talk about it. You can share, you can realize that you're all making mistakes, (laughs) um, but you're all just doing your best and, um, that it's really just an honor and a privilege to get to be a part of. And like I said, really fun and exciting, um, as you learn and grow in it. So, um, that'll probably be my last little piece of advice. Oh, and then one other thing would be to also, um, kind of, you already said it, but it's the long game, keep the long game in mind, right? Um, there's going to be times where it doesn't go well. and there's going to be times where it goes awesome. Um, but yeah, keep the long, long game in mind as you're building relationships, and I think that will also help you take some of that pressure off of yourself and just enjoy it more.
1: Yeah, I feel like I've heard it called like dive bombing evangelism, where you kind of swoop in and you share the gospel and you fly out, right? <laughs> but the, but the reality is, is like if we're making disciples, if this is our mission field, we're going to be in this place for a while. You know, there's going to be a, a season. This long game idea of like we get to walk with these people for longer than just an elevator an elevator pitch, right? Right, right. <laughs> and and so, you know, when they give their life to Jesus, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. They need someone to teach them how to read the Bible, to teach them what it looks like to to walk in spiritual disciplines, to live a holy life, you know, like we get to share relationship with them and be in relationship with them. So that's that's so good. Well, Drea, thanks again for being with us.
0: Yeah. Thanks for having me.
1: Friends we want to be a resource to you. Like we want to help you grow in the areas that we're talking about, um, discipleship and evangelism and and sharing your faith with, with others. We want to walk with you as you learn to be obedient to Jesus at TCU so that you can be obedient to Jesus in your workplace. And, uh, so listen, if you, if you need help or you have questions about any of this stuff, reach out to your life group leader, um, or connect with one of us on staff. We, we love to be a resource for you and walk with you through this process um, and uh, let me close in prayer. Jesus, we love you. We're grateful that you died for us, that you gave your life for us, that in in so many ways, Jesus, you were a missionary to us, to the world. That you came into a culture that didn't know you, and many of us didn't want you, and you came and you shared your life with us, and you introduced us to the reality of God. And so, Lord, I pray that each of us would grow in a commitment to reflecting the mission spirit of our Savior and go wherever we go, whether that is vocational missions or ministry, or if that is a vocation that's in the marketplace, God, help us have a a spirit to introduce others to you and see heaven full of people that are hungry for the things of God and and, uh, that we've been able to disciple and lead to you. We ask all of these things in your name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go
1: Frogs.